In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the place of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. The words of St. Thomas, please never call him Doubting Thomas. He gave his life for our Lord. And he has a certain insight insisting on the wounds of Christ. He knew what to look for. He should have believed, yes. He should have believed the testimony of the other apostles when they had told him that they had seen the Lord. But still, his intuition was right on the money. He focused on the wounds. This Sunday has trafficked in various names over the centuries. Dominica in Albis, it has been called from, from the ancient church, Low Sunday, which is a fairly unremarkable name, Quasimodo Sunday, which is the funnest name, and now Divine Mercy Sunday, uh, as decreed by Pope St. John Paul II, and as requested by our Lord's own appearances to St. Faustina, Divine Mercy Sunday. And it's important for us in in our culture, in this time in history and in the church, to focus on mercy and to, to beg for it. We live in a time of great depravity, and that calls for not just sitting back and judging those who do wrong, it calls for appealing to the Lord for mercy. And so it's fitting that in, in these days, this, this Sunday, the Sunday in the octave of Easter, in a sense, receives a new name. And it turns our attention to what Thomas insisted on, the wounds of our Lord. The wounds of the risen Lord preserve the truth about mercy. Without those wounds, really, there is no mercy. First, the wounds of our Lord reveal the depth of sin. The instinct in our culture elevated even to a for a philosophical school, is that of relativism. To trivialize things, to sort of rid ourselves of guilt by saying that there is no such thing as right or wrong. It's all relative. It all depends on what you think. And so no one is willing to say something is good or evil. Our Lord's wounds rebuke this school of thought. Relativism robs man of the dignity and the ability to repent. Because if there is no such thing as right or wrong, then it makes no sense to repent. There's no opportunity for mercy if there is nothing wrong. And by saying that there's nothing wrong, that doesn't remove the guilt that we experience deeply within ourselves. It simply means we have no path to be forgiven. What's necessary for mercy is the recognition of sin. And unless we have that recognition, we are trapped in our sins. It's not as though we're freed simply because somebody calls black white and white black. Simply because because we call evil good and good evil doesn't mean that we don't suffer the effects of sin. It simply means that we've been blinded to them and we've been denied a way out of sinfulness. 
The modern man would, would rebuke our Lord for his wounds. Why do you still have those? They, it, they seem judgmental, don't they? Our Lord bearing the wounds, even on Easter Sunday. What the wounds convey is that our Lord knows the full depth of sin. He has taken it and suffered it upon himself and within himself. And he maintains the wounds in his risen body and even in his body now at the right hand of the Father. He maintains the wounds to show his triumph over sin. Without the wounds, he has trivialized sin. He's shrugged it off, dismissed it. It's no big deal. Because he bears the wounds, we know that he knows the full depth of the horror of sin. He knows it better than we do. But second, the wounds also show his victory over sin. In his risen body, it's not so much, not so much that uh, the wounds have him. The wounds on Good Friday fixed him to the cross. But on Easter Sunday, he is holding the wounds. He bears them like, like a trophy. He has plundered the, the dwelling of the evil one. He has delivered all souls from the grasp of the devil. And he has taken away from hell the the wounds to show his victory over the evil one. He has captured the devil's standard, and after his triumph in battle, he still carries it in his own body. And so the wounds show that even though he knows the full depth of sin, he's triumphed over it. We should feel full of confidence in going to our Lord and asking him for forgiveness because he knows our sins better than we do, and yet he has triumphed over them. He wants us to participate in that triumph. And that's what mercy is. Mercy is his acknowledgement of sin, and then joining us to participate in the victory over them. Not making light of sin, not denying it, and not withholding the forgiveness either, but displaying the full horror of sin, and at one and the same time, his victory over it, a victory that he desires to share. That victory is imparted to us, or rather, we're made greater participants participants in that victory whenever we go to confession. When you receive absolution, you, you participate in Christ's victory over sin more and more, because confession is when we unite our sorrow with his, and then he, in turn, unites us with his victory. He shows us the horror of sin. He shows us the victory over it and the graces he desires to bestow upon us when he forgives. But also, his wounds show us the demands of forgiveness. Because the message of divine mercy is not simply that he has won forgiveness for us. It's not simply that he has risen in order to impart that grace of forgiveness It is also that we are meant to forgive others. And if this is ever left out of the Christian life, we cease being Christians. The forgiveness that we receive, we ought to extend to others. And the degree to to which we extend to others, we will also receive. And so our Lord says to the apostles when, when he appears to them, whose sins you shall retain 
whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven them, and whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. Now, of course, to the apostles, he is giving them the sacred power to forgive sins in confession. But in another way, this message extends to all of us, that the risen Lord commissions us, in a sense commands us, to forgive others. Only priests do that in a sacramental manner, but we are all meant to forgive those who have trespassed against us. And our, our Lord's wounds reveal that that's always going to cost us something. We back away from real forgiveness. We choose other ways around it. We, we lessen the sin by saying, well, it's not that big a deal. Or we'll forgive people that we like and who are likable, but we won't forgive people who, well, are a little more difficult. We pick and choose who and how we will forgive. Our Lord's wounds show that forgiveness involves a cost. Another translation in the Lord's Prayer would be, forgive us our debtors. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. To forgive a debt means to take a financial loss. To forgive those who have trespassed against us means that we we, we suffer some kind of loss spiritually. We, We are giving something up. We are remitting that punishment, that injustice, perhaps might be due, but in the greater thing, in mercy, we, we forego it. It costs us something. It, it, it bites into our pride. It, it, it costs us that. It might make us look uh, weak to others. It costs us a, a, a sort of standing with others. But our Lord's forgiveness, in a sense, is not complete until we participate in it, not only in receiving but in extending that forgiveness. If we're unwilling to suffer, if we're unwilling to sacrifice, then we're also unwilling to forgive others. Our Lord's wounds show us that that suffering involved in forgiveness ultimately leads to the triumph of the cross. The wounds that our Lord suffered on the cross are not just the necessary precondition for his rising from the dead. You have to die before you rise. But they are the seed sown that bears fruit in his forgiveness of us. And so also the difficulty and the sacrifices that we make in forgiving others will bear fruit in an increased likeness to Christ and an increased charity towards others and among others. Please never call him Doubting Thomas. Yes, he did not believe the other apostles. Yes, he doubted at first. But his intuition was absolutely right. He had to see the wounds of our Lord. Let us go to our Lord's wounds, the the wounds of our risen Lord, and in them find the the reality of sin, but also, and even more so, his triumph over it, and ask him from his wounds to make us participants in that mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.